Uh, one second, Matthew. Sorry, I'm getting. Yeah, we've been canceled. Uh, we are no longer. <laughs> uh, this isn't even. We're not even. This is not even the show. Um, we should probably start the show before we. If that little clip there is the cold open, I'm leaving. Hello, hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Battery Mates. We are one month into the baseball season, somehow, uh, and we are cooking with gas. Um, it's going, everybody's having a good time. Um, and Matthew, you're Matthew. You're the other host of the show. I'm Toby. I'm in Chicago. Hello. You're you're in Manchester, right? I, I'm 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 near Manchester. It's okay. complicated, but you know, you're in the right ballpark. <laughs> that's good it's a good and, and that is a good reference because this is a baseball podcast yeah ballpark yeah. boom yeah very um, lay the humor yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a good baseball podcast when one of the hosts says within the first minute they're in um <laughs> uh but yeah this is actually we're going to talk about some sports um I, I, before we do matthew i i know this is a very special time for you we're recording this on the eve of uh the coronation of king charles uh and i i i didn't want to put you on the spot because i know you're very reverent the monarchy and i but can you just tell battery mates nation like what this means what this day means to you because this is going to go live i think on the day of the coronation or the coronation probably this is our contribution to the king there's a there's a line in um public enemies fight the power uh elvis was a hero to most but he never meant shit to me and that really resonates with me on the eve of the coronation. Um, I, have to, I have to explain myself carefully when talking to an American audience. When I say that I'm a Republican, it can be taken the wrong way, yeah. <laughs> but I'm a Republican. I will, um, <laughs> I will be watching less of tomorrow's festivities than almost anyone in America. Because <laughs> I think... I think, I think the, the sort of soap opera... I, I, honestly... Honestly, I mean, I'm genuinely not joking. I do think America should have to pay for some of the cost of the coronation. You guys are more more into it than we are, and it's costing a hundred million pounds. That's that's a hundred and five million dollars. That's a lot of money, and uh, that's being paid for by us when it's really being put on as a show for America. So I don't think that's right personally. But yeah, you know, some people are into it. Uh, lots of people aren't. Um, I'm going to a friend's house and we're going to drink beers in, in their garden and um, wait for it to all blow over. We do get Monday off. It's a public holiday. So, um, you know, it's not all bad news. But like I say to everyone who raises their people say, well, you know, if we didn't have a monarchy. We wouldn't have the bank holiday on Monday. So, well, <laughs> They have public holidays in republics as well. It is, <laughs> it is possible for us to make that transition. But... Yeah, we, we have one two weeks later for Memorial Day. That's, uh, you know, that's a, yes. that's a public holiday. That's a public holiday. But we, um, yes, I'm not going to make that joke. Why, why don't we have, so I, I would be down to pay for, I mean, I, I, it's not my, I guess it's my money. Um, it's not my money. I would be down to pay uh america if we were to get a bank holiday on monday just let's, let's, yeah. let's just do it we'll we'll go yeah, in we'll go we'll go is it 
you know, 50, 50 or so. And, Maybe 35, 65. We can like pay 50 percent of this. It's yeah, I mean, we we've we've still got a Brexit economic downturn, so we're going to need a little bit more help if you don't mind. Um, but there's been, you know, there's been some interesting polling about the monarchy in the UK. I mean, basically, it's one of those things where it doesn't have a ton of enthusiastic support anymore. But most people are kind of like, eh, you know, it seems like a lot of effort to change it. It's like there's other <laughs> stuff going on. You know they're they're pretty harmless apart from the you know the sexual predator one. He's definitely not harmless. He should be in prison, <laughs> but that's a different story. Most of them are quite harmless. You know, it's just like a whole hullabaloo to change over it to change it over. But there's been some polling about it that that actually shows that young people, eighteen to twenty fives in particular, are actually much more Republican than any generation that there's been in the past. And there's been um, one of the questions in the poll was, should we keep the national anthem? Our national anthem is fairly unique in the world in that it is a national anthem that bears no relevance to the nation. The national anthem is God Save the King now. It was God Save the Queen until, you know, unfortunate circumstances in September. Um, Freddie Mercury died. Yeah, I heard. Um, But the, the song is literally all about you know, the monarch. It's not about the country. It's not about mm. the people of the country. It's not about the land or the things that we've done over the history. Although maybe that that could be awkward as well. <laughs> so there's been there's been there's been some talk about you know should we change the national anthem and have a national anthem that is more relevant to the the country? And um, lots and lots of young people say that we should. Old people want to keep it how it is, but young people want to. <laughs> change it and those people that said yes we should change it what should we change it to oh god and there were some ideas like jerusalem um land of hope and glory 11 percent of young brits would like our national anthem to be sweet caroline <laughs> holy shit 11 percent that that's, we can that's build a lot on of that. people that's a lot of people a lot of people want our national anthem to be sweet caroline is there any any justification for that? Like, is it's any just way a to banger. It's an absolute <laughs> banger. <laughs> what, what other reason do you need? It's an absolute banger, especially when you've been on the beers. And we like to get on the beers. That's the that's the connection. British uh, people yes. like to get on the beers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just as explainable as like "Fight the Power," <laughs> the previously mentioned. Uh... <laughs> public enemy song i wasn't i wasn't proposing that fight the power be the new british oh, national anthem but, <laughs> but, let's, but let's not rule it out i wouldn't rule it out <laughs> you can get that to 11 percent. i believe in you um yeah. <laughs> oh wow that's that's big news i mean that's a 11 percent for sweet caroline um and that's about the yeah. that's about jfk's daughter right like that was named after her yeah i didn't know that i yeah. just thought it was a good uh, drinking song an american president's daughter that's interesting um all right well, okay, so there's a Catholic connection, which I which I like. That's great. The, you're, there is, and bo- the Boston Red Sox. It's a baseball connection too. The Boston Red Sox play it. They've done it for the next twenty years, I think. They played it between bottom of the eighth inning, before the bottom of the eighth inning, eighth inning stretch. I mean, I mean, I think the the real the real thing is it's basically like the the victory song when the England uh, football team, soccer team, win a game. So it is. It's, it's sort of yeah, yeah. Oh. Huh. That w- during the during the Euro Championships, we got to the final in twenty twenty 
was it 22? God, it feels a lot longer ago than that. Um, it was like, it was the victory song. And so at the end of every game, when we were progressing through the tournament, the players would be at the side singing it with the, the fans. And they were like articles, like the New York magazine had an article of like, why are British people singing Sweet Caroline to celebrate winning songs and uh, winning winning games? And all of this kind of like, well, is it this angle or that angle? No one, no one, was no one got the answer which is it's just a banger it's an absolute banger to sing once you've had a few beers that's all there is to it it's not more complicated than that <laughs> and neither is this show um so we recommend everybody uh crack open a cold one and uh let's get talking about baseball let's th- let's whip the ball around the horn here <laughs> we, we i think we might have beaten our previous personal best for how long it took for us to start talking about baseball <laughs> it's 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 dotted it's dotted in there you can if you're looking for the clues you're reading between the lines you see a baseball podcast but uh that's we'll, we'll be a little more um literal now um so it, 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 the thing is one month in we're talking about new rules and the effects of the new rules and all that i thought espn had a really interesting um article they asked the players what they thought and I, you know as you might imagine players have differing opinions um but there was it, it, there were some special special takes um my favorite was you know the play the, the the reporters were asking the players what's your favorite new rule and blake snell who also made news this week for not knowing what uh uh wrc plus meant um uh this is the the advanced statistic he he said about his favorite rule he said none that i can think of the game was made perfectly and they changed the game <laughs> it's hard to beat that that's a pretty good line um as if like the game was almost divine intervention or divine intervention um divine providence um yeah i mean you read you read through these and they're basically a range of players <clears throat> saying the things that they like about rules that are good for them as a player right. <laughs> and, and and they dislike all of the things that are bad for them as a player there's not there's not a, there's not a ton of evidence that the players are giving much thought to the good of the game and growing the fan base and making it make it a more popular game it's all just like the people that like stealing bases are kind of like well i think the bigger bases are a good thing that's like Aldris <laughs> <laughs> Andrus said elvis yeah. Andrus said that and it's just like you know uh the pitchers don't like limiting the throwovers yeah uh batters who like pissing around in the batter's box don't like the the pitch clock it's just like this thing that made my life harder is bad <laughs> more it's more at six <laughs> the, the um i i want to focus on one response and tony kemp who is uh for, for he's kind of a I, under heralded player i don't know if he's very good but he has he, he's he's built a role for himself over the past several years I think he's with the A's now. Um, And he said, uh, you know, he was talking about the pitch clock and he was like, you know, I think we need to tinker with this. He said later in the game, seventh, eighth, ninth, you're so locked in on what you got to do, but you also have to worry about a clock. And he said, he pointed out that that 33 year old rookie in Pittsburgh drew Magi. Magi. Is it, it can't be Magi. That's, that's religious, right? um maggie i don't know uh he got called on a pitch clock violation in his like 
debut, right? And it's and he says, uh, Tony Campbell's like, it's like, come on. I always have to make sure I'm checking where the clock is. That sucks. I got banged for a violation two games ago to start out and at bat in the eighth, walking up to the plate, getting my bearings and stuff like that, and then pitch clock violation. I mean, is it good for the speed of the game? Yeah, it's good. But I think in certain situations, you need to make an adjustment. Uh, so I, I think he's saying, <laughs> I think he's saying, what to your point, like, I didn't like being called on a pitch clock violation. Right, right. But also, I think it's, you know, I understand his point. Later in the game, when, the, like, you know, their, the intensity's yeah. dialed up a bit, I wouldn't mind an extension on there's that. Been, there's been some chat. There's been some chat about um, this um, on some of, like, the podcasts and shows um, watch or listen to. And I, I really, I really feel like the umpires are under strict instructions to be, like, absolutely yeah. rigid. Yes. To kind of set expectations early on. But there is no way. There is just no way that postseason, uh, yeah. in a in like the eighth inning, ninth inning, that a, a, a major decision is going to get taken on the basis of a pitch pitch clock violation. Do you think they'll it say just, something? There's just no chance. Do you think they'll say something uh, explicit, or do you think they'll just be you know? I think they maybe if I if I was them, and obviously I I sh- I should be in the commissioner's office at some point. Um, I would use the All Star break to sort of talk about how you know it has worked we were right this thing has been reorientated the average game is game time is right down we're talking to umpires about using their judgment in the moment you know letting it go that one second to two second um later on in games but i I think they just don't want to be too loosey-goosey with it now to kind of like because i mean the, the 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 there was a rule there is a rule that you can't step out of the batter's box when they brought it in they were kind of like flexible with it and it literally just didn't stick <laughs> batters just didn't wouldn't do it they didn't do it <laughs> and there were no consequences um so i i think they want to really really make sure it genuinely sticks i think there are some people that just really like pitch clock violations i kind of i'm not a fan of it when <laughs> It hits the the pitcher, but I kind of like it when a batter is not ready, and they get uh, a strike for that. I, you know, that's one of the that's one of the the one of the honestly the the thing with the pitch clock was for me was never about the pitcher being quicker. It was more about the dicking around in the batter's <laughs> box. Just absolute like you don't need to change your gloves four or five times before you before you get ready to face a face a pitch you don't and so i like that so i think it's good yeah yeah i think i think you're right that they're probably gonna leave it up to the umpires i will say that the the thing that i've noticed a lot lately maybe three or four times in the last couple weeks is uh benches yelling when they think a pitch clock violation has happened and it hasn't been called a play, a manager ran out onto the field the other day. Did you see this? No, I didn't see this. He like he he started he like yeah was yelling and then he started like running toward an umpire to be like that's a pitch clock violation. The 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 thing went down to zero like and uh, no call. Now I'm told the umpires and they have their own system. They get like a I think they get electric shocked. Like they get like a <laughs> jolt. Um, but yeah, and so if they don't get that that message, then it's not a pitch clock violation. That's just, I mean, the right, right. clocks can be off. I think sometimes. I, um, I mean, I think. So your 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 point though, if if they leave it up to the umpires' discretion, it, they're going to have a lot ugly. more of that, which would be kind of fun. Yeah, I, I, I think 
it, it could get ugly. And yeah. I, I do kind of like, you know, yeah, yeah we don't want to see, you know, game four of the World Series decided by uh, a pitch clock violation. You don't. At the same time. My team's not in it. <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the same time, you know, flexibility can actually be quite bad for the umpires, for the, yeah. for the yes. players. There are rules. This isn't NAM. Uh, speaking of rules, can we just talk about you know we will do an update on on what the effect has been so far? Okay. Yeah. The quick okay. a quick check here. So the one thing I think everyone thought would be would would happen is that stolen bases would go up because there's a limit on throwovers. There's uh, bigger bases. Um, yeah. You know they give the when you get to first base you are given a some speed. Um, literally, uh, which is maybe that's an unheralded rule, but that's real. That's definitely uh, take the game back to the seventies, <laughs> right? <laughs> Give him some greenies. Um, so stolen bases are up forty eight percent, which sounds like a lot. Uh, it was it it was down to a pretty low last year at like almost yeah. half a half a stolen base per game, and now yeah. it's up to point seven per game, which. Still sounds low to me. I, I would, if you would have asked me how many stolen bases there are in a game, I'd say I don't know two. But right. there's less than one a game on average. That's so strange to me. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely like percentage wise, you you sort of notice it happening a bit more, but not a ton more. And I think the the bigger problem is just like analytics has pushed stealing bases out of the out of the game. I mean, the Nationals. Um, they they had like three attempts in the first 10, 10 games, let alone, I mean, two of those were, were caught stealing. So it, it wasn't mm -hmm. even that great. I think they should continue to expand the size of the base until we hit five stolen bases per game. So <laughs> just just keep going one inch, expand the, the base by one inch once a month until we get to five stolen bases uh, per game. That would be my... <laughs> If I was the commissioner. Turns out Tony Kemp also agrees that there should be bigger bases. <laughs> bases should get even bigger. Um, the, the other thing that's obvious is the, the games are shorter um, by 27 minutes on average, um, which is, it's crazy. That's a, the, it's noticeable. The Nationals, the Nationals last night, the game was one hour, 57 minutes. My I mean, <laughs> we were we were playing on Monday. I believe it was Monday. We were playing a game that was uh, wasn't even really a pitcher's duel. It was just like not a lot of action, and it moved really fast until the ninth inning. Um, it was I think I think if the game would have been one two three in the ninth, it would have been an hour thirty seven. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like my kids weren't even in bed yet, and like the game was. <laughs> the ninth inning was happening and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I like put Elliot down and you know, he goes to bed around seven 45 and I come out of his room and I, I look down at my phone and it's the ninth inning. I'm like, God, how? and we're losing. I'm like, God damn it. Um, and then we, we proceeded to score a couple of runs in the ninth and the ninth inning took 25 minutes. And so it got to like two hours and five or something like that, but still really short game. Um, and uh, anyway, Okay, the other thing, this is the most interesting thing. Those are the things I think we thought would happen. The other thing with the, the shift and the, you know, the 
the pitch clock and all that, we kind of expected offense to go up. Um, and it has. Uh, offensive stats are, the hitters are are, are, are doing better. Offense is, is up. But it's not up dramatically. You know, um, Jeff Passan, in his article uh, recently, he, he pointed out that the offensive stats in April are almost identical to those from 2018, April. Uh, which means we've got to uh, turn back the clock five years, uh, not, you know, 30 years or whatever we, we were kind of hoping to do. And then Joe Sheehan in his um, uh, newsletter pointed out that the, you know, three true, we talked about three true outcomes on this podcast. You know what those are in baseball? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. Sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't unmute. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so three true outcomes, uh, you know, it, the percentage of the bats that end in a walk, a strikeout or a home run, meaning there's no nothing for the defense to do, uh, w- were up this season, up to 34.7% of that bats, which is high, like, I think an increase of almost uh, an entire percentage point. That's, that's actually like, that's actually pretty astounding considering they were, these, a lot of these new rules were designed for more action. And this is, I mean, home runs are action, but like walks and strikeouts are not and that's a, that's a very uh that's something to keep an eye on i would say as we're looking at the trajectory of um these new rules i don't think people want games that are shorter because but there's no there's no more actual action i don't think that's actually going to please anyone um, no I, it's, I found it very hard to tell because i really i really only watch um nationals games um not least because the Games are on in the middle of the night for me, so there's a limit to how much I can then watch during the day. I only watch the Nationals. And the Nationals this year, regardless of rule changes, pace of play, anything else, their offense sucks. So it's hard to tell whether that's down to the rebuilding trash nature of our of our offense or whether it's the rules and everything else. I'll take your word for it. Well, I, I I don't know. I, I, you're talking to the wrong guy. Uh, my team also <laughs> his offense has been really terrible so far. So we can get to that. We'll get to that after the break. Um, why don't we take a quick word from our sponsor? This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by Branston Pickle, the official coronation condiment of Major League Baseball. We all know the Cubs and Cardinals are heading to London Town for a series in late June, but wait until you hear about the return Uncle Sam got in the trade. That's right, England's favorite pickled chutney, Branston, coming to ballparks across the country this summer. Since 1922, when Branston debuted, and I'm reading this directly from Wikipedia here, in the village of Branston near Burton-upon-Trent, Staffordshire by Cross and Blackwell. Branston's has been a favorite staple in a plowman's lunch and soon will fit right at home on your footlong Chicago dog. Hit the shower, celery salt. Thanks to everyone at Branston for their support of pickled things, baseball, and old men like us. I just want to compliment you on your pronunciation of English towns. You got that exactly right. Whoa, really? Well, Branston's (laughs) pretty easy. I don't know if you, uh, yeah, but you know, Burton on Trent, Staffordshire, you know, Americans usually get those. Yeah, yeah Staffordshire. That's, that's the, yeah, that was that was with a plum. I didn't. I don't think you know this because I negotiated the contract with Branson, given on the local the local boy. But um, we actually get a bonus because you pronounced that right. <laughs> yes, they had, I had no yeah, idea. We, yeah, twenty percent bonus uh, on that. Um, Branson pickles. Don't ask nice. me. What, would... Don't ask me what a plowman's lunch is, but I. Um... Oh, Plowman's lunch is it's a good, it's a really, really good lunch. A lot of sausage? 
Too much meat? It's a very, it's a very personal question. <laughs> <laughs> I changed the subject uh, really radically there. <laughs> a plowman's lunch is like, you know, big hunks of... Uh, <laughs> Oh, we've, we've lost Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Big hunks of cucumber. <laughs> why? Why is that the leading thing you you mentioned? <laughs> I think you should. I think you should just Google it. Google a plowman's lunch. I'm not going to be able to explain it. <laughs> uh, the, the rest of the, the rest of the items are very straightforward it's ham and cheese and and bread and you know tomato and <laughs> cucumber what's a plowman? it's delicious though a plowman is somebody who uh tills a field you know turns oh, the soil over okay. in the field okay I'll like a, plow, the operator a, plow, plow. a plowman we just i think it's the way it's spelled it threw me off i had no idea it's the same word <laughs> Yeah, it's the same word. Um, you just uh, Americans are very utilitarian with their with a. You were like, we don't need all of these extra letters. Just use a W. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but the but the idea is you you just like throw a bunch of that stuff in a bag and then you can have that at lunchtime. But it's it's traditionally the kind of thing you have in a pub, like a country okay. pub after you've been for a long walk. You get a plowman's lunch. Okay. Yeah, that that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> It's the, it's it's certainly uh, it's certainly something. And Branston pickled chutney is a big part of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'd have a big dollop of. You'd have a big dollop of Branston pickle on your plowers lunch. <laughs> yeah, you would. It's a big part of it, and it's delicious. It's really good. You have it with cheese and crackers as well. You can. <laughs> Have it in a sandwich. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you've ever broken you so so thoroughly in this, in this show before. You can't say sausage to an Englishman and not expect a series of doublon tendres. <laughs> um, you can't say sausage to an Englishman. Might be the title of this episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you know what? Do you know what? I sometimes, while we're recording, I sometimes think, oh, I better not say that. Toby will make that the title. Of the <laughs> there you go. Toby might make that the title of the episode. Can be the title of the episode. Oh, yeah. We are getting deep into self-referential oh, okay. humor here. All right. Okay. Now that we've calmed down, uh, we've uh, we all, uh, we actually had to have an intervention. Um, some of us had to have a timeout. Um, and, uh, we're all feeling better. We're all feeling a lot better. And, and that, that's the end of that. We're going to start feeling worse in a minute here, but let's talk about how baseball is going for the teams. Um, we'll start, but with the other teams, teams that aren't ours and talk about, uh, I'm going to call this section of the program. It's early because, <laughs> uh, because it is, it, it were, it's may we're recording this on the evening of May 5th. So um, games have maybe some games have started, but most games haven't. Um, so not a lot. You know, we're not even a quarter of the way through the season. We're not at the, even the first turn. But uh, a lot of interesting things are happening but, in the standings. But yes, but he's doing a lot of work in this segment. <laughs> you're just you're coming up with titles all left and right here. Um, 
Uh, okay, April performance here. Uh, a lot of variants. Let's talk about the good. Let's start with the good. Let's give some pats on the back. Um, the the Tampa Bay Rays uh, have more wins than they have fans <laughs> uh, in April. Um, they're twenty six and six, uh, and that's not a- just April. That's April plus a couple days in May. Matthew, that is on pace to win one hundred and thirty one games, which you, you won't believe this. That's never happened before. So I, I'm going to go ahead and say that's. That's not going to continue at this pace. Um, they're the thing that's most remarkable about this this start for them is that they're down Tyler Glass now and Jeffrey Springs, two of their best pitchers. And I'm just like, I, 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 I'm just I, I'm astounded by the fact that they seem to be hitting a ton of home runs um, and doing all the things right. Um, so the Rays, very good uh, at this point. I think that, I think it, it, when we were playing the Yankees. They had a the Yankees had a better record than the Guardians, and the Yankees were like twice as far out of first place as the Guardians <laughs> because the Rays are that good. Uh, I'm very happy the the Cleveland Guardians do not play in the AL East. Um, because speaking of which, the Orioles are also good to start the season. They're 21 what and 10. The fuck? 21 is... and 10. That's fucked up. It's fucked up. They're 21 and 10. That's a 109 win pace. I could probably name you three players on that team. Um, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know how. Uh, I, I know they have some good rookies and, and second year players. Um, I I really couldn't tell you much more. I, I'm, I'm eager to play them because I want to see how what they're doing and how. Uh, and I kind of suspect they'll cool off, but I don't know. Who knows? It's early. It's April. No, it's actually May, but it's early. <laughs> And then the most astounding thing of anybody, of any, of any of the things that have happened in baseball so far, the Pittsburgh Pirates have started out 20 and 12. And that is actually, they're cooling off a little bit. They were like, I think when I, when we first were putting notes together, when the research team first put notes together for this program, I think they were 20 and, and, and 10 or 20 and nine. Um, so they maybe lost a couple games in a row here, but that's still a 101 win pace. The Pirates, <laughs> uh, and and and, they, and their their star O'Neill Cruz got hurt um, uh, like on well, the first week of the season. So uh, that's crazy. I don't know how they're doing. I don't. I really couldn't tell you how many who pitches for that team. Um, Mitch Keller is somebody. Who else? I don't know. I don't know who pitches on that team. Do you know? I don't know. I know. One, I know one other person because I picked him up from my fantasy team just before he got beat to shit by the Washington Nationals. It was very irritating. <laughs> Oviedo, uh, he'd, oh. he'd, he'd been he'd been having a fantastic. Yeah. He'd had a fantastic start to the season. The numbers all suggested he got he should be picked up, and then we hit him for seven runs in three and a half, three point two innings or something. And that's hard for them to do. There's a yeah, lot of DC against the Nationals scoring that many runs. But, so. That's basically he's the only pitcher we've done that to this season, or or, or in fact last season either. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of a. Just, these are not teams we're I was expecting to be talking about right here. No, well the Rays, you know maybe, but the Orioles and the Pirates, no, no, no. Well, okay, it, it, relatively speaking, Rays are obviously a good team, but I don't think any of us thought they were going to be on pace for 131 wins in the season, whatever it is. Uh, I love this like on pace for I last year Jose Ramirez had something like 40 runs batted in in like the first three weeks of the season and I'm like he's on pace for 380 RBI (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway let's talk about the bad and 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 I'm not and I'm not just being a homer here we're not talking about our teams 
um, the, the really stinky, the really stinky play teams in Major League Baseball is a bucket that do not include the Washington Nationals or the Cleveland Guardians. And we'll, we'll get to that because it does stink a little bit. But the French cheese here is, let's start with by talking about our friends, the Rockies. Now, I think maybe it's mean to talk about the Rockies here because they're only on pace for 101 losses. That's not that bad, all things considered. Uh, and and part of that is they've won a couple games since I, you know, since these the research team put this together. So their their pace has improved a little bit. Um, but they're still on pace for 101 losses. That's not good. Uh, Cleveland, by the way, lost two out of three uh, against them <laughs> at home. Um, the Cardinals, the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals, the team that has I think made the playoffs four years in a row. I think they did they win three World Series in the 2010s. And the team that's always good the perennially 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 good is that the did i say it right they are on pace for and, and let's just make sure that i'm not getting, yeah they're 10 and 22 10 and 22 they're on pace matthew for a 112 loss season the cardinals yeah i would i mean i'm not gonna lie it, it would be great if that happened <laughs> i mean just great really great but, how is that? I don't know how that's happening. Honestly, like they looking at their lineup, I'm like, this is a good team. Yeah, I'm. I'd be fair. I'd be fairly confident in saying that's happening because it's early. Yeah. Well, it's early, um, and it's also <laughs> early and getting late fast in Chicago on the South Side. The White Sox are on pace to lose 112 games themselves. <sighs> they are. They are also 10 and 22, um, and that is, by the way after taking two out of three from the first place twins, uh, they, they were, that was worse, Matthew. They, they won, they won a series and drastically improved their season. Uh, this is, this is also a team that is on paper, not, yes. not challenging for the, I don't think any battery mates nation listener had them as the world series champions, but they're not, they shouldn't be garbage. And right now they're garbage. And Pete, that many sports writers picked them to win the division. Uh, it's not crazy for them to win the division. Uh, I mean, it'd be to take a historic comeback, kind of like the 2019 Nationals to come back from this. Um, <laughs> Thank you for mentioning but, that. But sure. even the Nationals, were they, what, they 19 and 31? Is that they were? They were, yeah. Yeah, that's 12 games under 500. That's what the White Sox are right now. And that, let me tell you, 19 and 31 is a better winning percentage than 10 and 22. <laughs> so, uh, uh, um, yeah. Not great. And the vibes are very bad here. I don't know if you're paying attention, but uh, people have shown up at White Sox games in paper bags, like wearing paper bags over their heads in April. Um, there have been chants to calling for the, the owner to sell the team, for the, the general manager to be fired. Um, the new manager who took over for uh, Sleepy Tony La Russa, um, <laughs> you know, poor guy has really, I don't think any of this is, I mean, I have no idea, but I have no idea. I don't think his fault I, I mean how could it be um the, no it doesn't it, the, there's there's players that have gone on the injured list um which certainly didn't help but my and the, there's pitching has been garbage it's it's actually bizarre i do not understand what's happening there um and i'm kind of worried that they're going to hit us like a, a you know a record winning streak here in a minute um but let's move on to the, another team in the al central the Kansas City Royals, which um, are about to have a big weekend with the coronation and all. Um, <laughs> Matthew, do you know what their record is? Because it's worse than the White Sox. They're yeah eight and twenty four. 
They haven't even won 10 games yet. Um, you know, that they're winning one out of every four games, which is really bad in baseball. That um, is horrendous. That is so horrendous. And it, it is it, it, like the model, the model of baseball yeah. is built to stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. You know, everything about the, the draft rules and the salary caps and yada, yada, yada. Like, this should not be happening. Like, the, <laughs> the, system, is, the system is on a blink. <laughs> if they were to lose 121 games, which is their current pace, that would be a modern era record. They would be eclipsing the 2020, sorry, the 2013, I'm sorry, I think that's 2003, uh, Detroit Tigers, who lost 119 games. Um, yeah, it's 2003, because I looked that up, and I knew that before you said that, because I looked it up a couple of weeks ago <laughs> after the Nationals were on pace for 124. There was a there was a, there was was a a night where the Nationals record put them on pace for 124 last. So I looked it up, and I thought, well, if we're going to be bad, we might as well be the worst. <laughs> well, the Royals have a real shot at it. Um, and uh, <laughs> wait, I'm, I'm getting a, a buzz in my ear. Oh, Matthew. They're not the worst team in baseball. <laughs> uh, we have a lot to say about this. The Oakland Athletics have won six games. Um, and you, you might think, oh, man, there must have been a lot of rainouts. <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, Matthew, they have won uh, 18% of their games. They're 6-26. and 26. They are on pace to lose 132 games this season. <laughs> It's just, it's just ridiculous. It's They're, stupid. They are worse at baseball than the Rays are good at baseball. Like, <laughs> the, the, the level, the Rays being on the trajectory of 131 games is insane, but the A's are somehow even worse. Um, and and like I said, in it is in Chicago, as you might imagine, the vibes are pretty bad in Oakland, but for maybe slightly different reasons. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, our friends, the Oakland Athletics, and their? Our poor Oakland fans. I would love. I would love to talk about this because, I mean, on paper, I understand what's happening. I understand that they've bought some land in Las Vegas and, and agreed to buy like, some land. I think is what the they've, they've, terminology they've is. Okay. Right. And I just um, so they're, they're talking about moving there, but like I, I understand that on paper, but in my in my in my sort of in my head in my gut i don't get that because we don't have that here yeah we don't and and it never happened when i lived in america i don't remember any team that i was interested in or followed moving moving city so i've just never experienced something like this it isn't possible in europe you you can't have like i mean it happened it happened once um a team from south london called wimbledon um moved you know 90 miles up the road and they were like they were going to change the law to stop it from happening again because they were like well we didn't realize we didn't realize anyone would be such a scumbag to do this <laughs> so we're going to change the law and and the, the the fa the football association said that we'll just we'll just ban it so you don't have to bring in a law but like that's that's once in 200 years of <laughs> of football history it, it just doesn't it is literally not like comprehensible. So I don't like, how can this happen? How can, how can a team move? It doesn't, it doesn't, I don't understand it. Yeah. It, I kind of, it, I wish I lived in a world where I didn't understand it. Um, 
because you know famously in cleveland they 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 took the football team and moved them uh to baltimore when i was you know formative age i think it was 12 or 13 um and that's pretty that was pretty brutal for the city of cleveland um and it, it, what happens like in north america i didn't know this was unique but it is in north america our sports are all franchises it's all franchise based sporting um so um or at least the four major sports in 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 the north america so you know, all these teams are independently owned and can are, have, are now. I don't think they're free to move about wherever they want to go. It's, these days, there's a lot of maneuvering behind the scenes, as you saw with. I mean, the last team that moved was the Expos, right? I don't. I, I think everything else has been a franchise, a new franchise, um, expansion team. So the Nationals are the last beneficiary of a team that moved, uh, but that was a dirty deal and everything was weird about that and that nobody i don't think anybody looked good i mean it's, not, it's nothing to say about the nationals i don't think the nationals look bad about it but um certainly not their fans but the what's happening in oakland is a travesty and i i it's it's amazing that's that we're, we're allowing um the owner john fisher right um to is he a nut guy is he the nut guy is he the owner of the nuts i have no idea yeah I, I believe he's. I believe he has the nuts. Okay. I, honestly, I it, I had not looked this up. Our research team is slow, you know. And um, as you might, as you also know, we, just a quick shout out here to the writers' strike. Uh, we're big supporters of Writers Guild strike. Um, as you can tell, that's why this episode is not as good as the last one. <laughs> um, the writing has been subpar. Um, mostly, uh, Matthew's writers have been really weak. Um, <laughs> Uh no, there is no writer. Um, because they're on strike. He's same in London, by the way. Really involved there. So if you need, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to show, show us the support to uh, the Writers Guild, um, go hit up our friend Kate, and uh, she yeah. will let you let you help them save our writers. Hundred percent. Anyway, how do we get on that subject? Oh, the writers. Oh, and is John, John Fisher, he's the nut guy? Is he the Fisher's nuts? Is it the same nut? I believe he has the nuts. I don't even care if it's true. You know, it may not be true, but let's call him the nut man. I think if we we would know if it was true. It's probably not true, but he's the nut man. And they have agreed to buy land in, in Las Vegas, whatever. And the city of Oakland has... has apparently cut off talks about uh, with with uh, the team. They've been, they've been talks about a new stadium for several years. It's been, we've talked about it on the show. Um, and, you know, it's, it's embarrassing for the, for major league baseball, I would say, you know, the, the Mount Rob Manfred's allowing this to happen um, to take a, a franchise like this, a pretty storied franchise. I mean, they're a charter member of the American league. Um, you know, they, they famously have moved three, uh, twice. They, they were started in Philadelphia they moved to Kansas City in 1954, and they, they moved to Oakland in 1968. And and that is, uh, you know, um, that's that's the evidence of the franchise system at play. Um, owners are like, eh, this is too crowded here in Kansas City. I'm going to move. Um, or we're not getting the, the fan support we need. Um, and so, but this is, and, and John Fisher will point to, oh, well, attendance is low and fan support is, is dwindling and we just can't support a team in Oakland. Which I don't know. I seems like transparent bullshit. I, I 
they seem to have run the team into the ground with the, perp- the, the you know, the, the Rachel Phelpsing of, of that team um, has led fans to be extremely upset with their, with their, with their team. And, but they still, they're still getting averaging 11,000 fans a game somehow, which is way too close for comfort for Cleveland. Like it's really it's way too close to Cleveland's average. Um, yeah. That's awkward. Even if most of them are going to protest, it's still awkward. Yeah. I mean, most of them aren't going. Those are paid, it's paid attendance. Um, yeah. You look around that stadium. It is not anywhere close to <laughs> paid attendance. Um, but there were you know, this, this week, there was a showdown of two rookie phenoms, both last name Miller, by the way, um, Seattle and Oakland. And both pitchers took a no hitter into the sixth, Matthew. Uh, and I think the the Oakland pitcher had a no hitter into the eighth, maybe. Um, I think they actually took him out of the game. He hadn't given up a hit. But 2,583 people were the paid attendance to that game, which means there were 80 people in the stands. 2,500 people. Matthew, what the yes. hell is that? That's stuff going. That's tough going. So for, I, I think what we should do is have an Oakland fan on the show to kind of t- give us more information about what's actually happening here. But for those of you who followed it as closely as I have, you know, essentially what it is is the, the A's want – a new ballpark and they want what the Cubs got. They want a, a, a complex. They want a, a, a lot of commercial real estate that they can, you know, have restaurants and bars and, and apartment buildings and condos and all that. And they want to, and they want, you know, uh, they're particularly want it at Howard terminal in Oakland, which would be a $12 billion commercial real estate development that, that would be just like cash cow for the, the owners of the A's. And, uh, Oakland's government is <laughs> rightly going like, I'm not sure why this is in it, what's in it for us here. Other than, you know, we want you to stay here, but you do have this giant uh, parcel of land here in a pretty premium spot where your current stadium is. Um, I understand you also want to, but, but could you just, what? Uh, yeah. And so I think they're not getting enough money out of the city of Oakland. And so they're not going to do the deal is what, is what the, the threat is. Um, and they seem to be making, making real on this threat to go to Las Vegas. But who knows? You know, they, you know, Matthew. They 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 famously threatened to. They tried to look into moving to San Jose in 2015. Um, I think we covered that on our show. I, I I have vague memories of covering that on our show. Whether they were going to move to San Jose, and it was it, basically San Francisco Giants were like, "You can't. Uh, that's our market. <laughs> You're encroaching on our market." <laughs> and that is the limitation here. If a team is is would be gr- encroaching on the business um, of another uh, major league baseball franchise, they can appeal to. Um, the courts and and also i think commissioner's office maybe i don't know rob manfred probably doesn't have that power anyway it's embarrassing for major league baseball it's embarrassing for oakland i feel bad for the fans the the team is just and throughout all of it if you're a las vegas sports fan which are there any um what do you want this team for like yeah they're garbage and they're going to be garbage for a long long time unless they start spending money i mean i think that that's the thing is like what I think this is moving them to Vegas seems like not someone who's an expert in, in teams moving city, but it seems like a very dangerous thing for MLB to allow it. The move makes MLB look terrible. Like this is a terrible look. The, the team will be terrible for years to come because the move is going to be so disruptive and hurt the farm system and 
there's going to be like a, a mess for two or three years that will set you back, etc. And then where is the fan base? Like, there are a lot of people in Vegas on, on, on any given weekend, but it's not a a stable uh, metropolitan area that is going to build up a sustained fan base over time. It's going to be a kind of a, um, uh, it's going to be like a tourist team. Yeah. And I don't really see how that is a sustainable entity, not in a way, maybe it's financially sustainable, but I don't see how it's sustainable in the way that I think MLB wants to, right. to wants teams to be, you know, teams, it doesn't want teams to look like that. Well, and this is, there's, there's some, we should actually have an A's fan on here, but like there's some, some conspiracy theories out there that, so during the, the collective bargaining agreement, basically the A's got brought back into uh, revenue sharing. Um, they're in a major market right now. It's hard to justify the re- revenue sharing for them, but they, um, I, I don't know how they justified it, but they 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 won the right. But the con- the condition was they had to have a new stadium deal approved by some date in 2024. If they don't, they lose the revenue sharing. So the theory is, if they move to Las Vegas, they may lose the revenue sharing because they didn't have a stadium deal in Oakland. But they get the revenue sharing because they move to a much smaller market, and th- they're in. The second time we use therein, therein lies the the rub. I don't know. I have no idea if that's true. I have no idea if the facts I just stated were are accurate. But um, that's I've heard that before. Um, we we <laughs> okay. should continue covering the story because it is is actually very interesting politically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and maybe we, you know, what we probably know, we might know some Oakland politicians or like Oakland area politicians to get on the show. We should look into that. And I tell you, I tell you, any anyone who's listening who is either, either a politician or works for a politician who wants to um, criticize, uh, critique, attack, slag this off, uh, you have a platform here on oh, Battery yeah. Mates. <laughs> you are very welcome anytime. Anytime, anytime. Um, and we have to wrap this up with some. Um, I'll just call it less stinky cheese. Um, our teams. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I just want to do a quick rundown of how we're doing here. We should do a quick rundown here because, um, well, we're time is ticking on the episode. <laughs> time is ticking on the episode, and Long also episode. there's not there's not a great lot of good news to tell. But you, and you, go you need first, to get to no. you need to get to the coronation. I mean, ticker tape coming down. <laughs> Um, you, you you go ahead. I mean, I think not to not to steal your thunder, but the fact that you're in a division where you can be under 500 and in second place says <laughs> says you know that's the TLDR of this update from the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, you put it pretty well. Um, we're 14 and 17, and we're in second place. We have lost, I think, four consecutive series. We were doing fine, Matthew. Last time we recorded, I think I was pretty upbeat. Um, uh, we were doing pretty okay. Uh, we played you all, and we won the first two of the series, and then dropped the third game. And since that game, Matthew, we have been garbage. We've been not garbage. We've been not good. We've l- lost every series since then. Not good, Matthew. I don't like that. Um, <clears throat> we're three and a half games back, which is somehow uh, uh, possible. I don't know. The Twins are um, scuffling. They're eighteen and fourteen, I think, and so they're. A little better than us, um, and uh, we're playing them this weekend. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I, we're not playing our best baseball right now. I, I am um, 
you know, very clenched, I'll say that, about this series. Um, so to put it, I'll just explain this in a couple of different um, buckets. We mentioned this before. Our offense isn't hitting. No one on the, in, the, in the lineup is, is performing up to their snuff. Um, and no one's hitting for power. Uh, I think we're definitely the lowest in baseball in home runs, um, I believe, as a team. Our, our biggest home run hitters, Josh Bell, Josh, Josh Naylor, and Jose Ramirez, um, have three home runs each. Um, and that's not going to cut it uh, if you want to deliver on the power, uh, the slugging side of things. But you gotta you gotta think that's not gonna continue all season. I can't imagine. Um, but it, it's gonna have to change pretty dramatically to get back to even league average. Uh, so that's worrisome. The pitching has also been pretty shaky, and that's weird for a Cleveland team. Uh, we don't usually have that problem. We have two starting pitchers on the injured list. That you know, our second our two and three starters essentially. That that's that's a big part of it. Um, but our rotation, despite that, is eighth in the in Major League Baseball in field fielding independent pitching. Hip. Um, and our bullpen, which was best in baseball in the second half last year, has been pretty rocky. Uh, we've had an injury or two there as well. 22nd in baseball. So that's 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 a, a big part of it. The offense is really the pro- the problem and the thing that we should be most concerned about, I think. Um, we're just not hitting for power, not you know, not doing any damage with the bats. Um and like is the I think the big question for me is is the uh cavalry coming? Because I don't know. <laughs> I I I think my gut says yes because how could this continue like this? But um, I don't. There's not a lot of underlying data that suggests that we're incredibly unlucky or we're hitting the ball really hard right at people. Um, save for Josh Naylor, he actually is having a great season um, with the underlying stats, but just the, the actual numbers aren't aren't playing out. Um, well, who knows? But the pitching, I think, really is going to get better. Like I said, we have two starters on the injured list. That they'll be they'll be off that injured list in the next couple weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And then we've, in the meantime, we've had replacement level players come up, literally tr- quad A starters. Um, and that's fine. That happens to every team. Um, but last week we brought brought up two of our top prospects, um, two two starting pitchers, top prospects, um, Logan Allen, uh, a different Logan Allen than the one we had last year. <laughs> literally we had another player named logan allen this is a different guy they're both left-handed too um and again they're a guy named tanner bybee which sounds like a made-up name i don't think that's a real person tanner bybee um and he wears rec specs like baseball glasses um so and they they both have thrown two starts they both have identical 2.45 eras um allen has struck out struck out eight batters in both of his starts those that's the, the the team high on the season um, Bybee struck out eight in his first start and five against the Yankees. Um, they look great. They look like legitimate major league baseball players. Um, and they look like they belong. And so that's, that's good to see. And, uh, you know, that'll, that'll help fix the, the starting rotation, uh, especially if, you know, we get Tristan McKenzie back and whatnot and the bullpen, we have some, you know, injuries coming up. Sam Hanches will be back from injury. I think tonight, that's great. Um, and then the, the pitch clock or, some something's happening to James Karinchak, who we've talked about on this program before. I'm sure um, he's a problematic. Uh, his politics are problematic. He's he's a crazy person. Um, and you know, he, he. Do you remember last year we had a the a situation where the 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 the, the, the twins um, were like looking through the, his hair. It, it, they had to like they asked the umpires to check his hair because he kept going to his hair. Yeah. Anyway. Whether it's the pitch clock or an undisclosed psychotic break, he has returned to being completely untrustable. 
Um, so it's, it's a weird, weird time to be in Cleveland. Um, but like you said, the AL Central is totally winnable. The White Sox are garbage so far. The Twins have have had the best starting rotation in baseball through one month. That is not something that will last. I mean, look, I think they're good. I think they'll have a good starting rotation, but they do not have the best starting pitching in baseball. They don't. Um, and so far, they're up three and a half games. I think it'll be a close race or a, at least a race. Um, and uh, I think... You know, we have a three-game matchup in Cleveland tonight, starting tonight. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, when this airs, we'll not be fourteen and eighteen, uh, but we might be. Uh, Matthew, how's it going in Washington? Uh, I genuinely think the Washington Nationals could win the AL Central. So I think so too. Uh, <laughs> that's how we're doing at the moment, which is not to say we're doing good, but it is to say that's a that's a pretty bad division. There are there are. Um, much against my expectations, there are six teams in Major League Baseball that are worse than the Washington Nationals. And that is just incredible. And this, I think the Washington Nationals, I think what you would say about how the fan base feels at the moment is that it really speaks to the triumph of the expectations game and having the poverty of, expe- of low expectations and, and beating that. Because um, we are... Uh, doing okay we are we're not great we are actually pretty bad we're the 23rd worst team in in baseball but everyone was <laughs> expecting us to be significantly worse than that we're it's only like, eight games the pennant already printed 23rd 23rd worst team in baseball giant flag i mean if you if you offered the nationals 23rd worst team in baseball at the beginning of the season people would have bitten your arm off for that <laughs> we are we are eight games out of um uh first place which is it's not that bad uh we're on track to be 19 and 31 for the season so that's something to look forward to as well it's a real um it's a real uh it's a strange team though you know we are 24th in stolen bases across mlb we're 29th in home runs the only team worse than the Washington Nationals at home runs is the Cleveland Guardians. We're 28th in runs. We're 28th in OPS. We're 29th for slugging. This is a team that is not good with the bat. But we are, you know, these, these are not these are not great stats. But we're 13th in MLB for uh, the pitching staffs ERA. 16th for giving up home runs. 17th for run, runs allowed. And so there's like there's some interesting things going on with the team. Like this is. I don't, I am enjoying the season, even though this is a terrible team and I wake up each morning expecting to see that we lost. It is still an interesting team doing interesting things if you if you know what you're looking for. And, you know, over the last couple of weeks, at least, they're, they're definitely um, winning more often. You know, they are, um, uh, over the last, uh, I think it's nine days, they're at 500. In that nine-day window, that's, you know, this is early and that's a tiny window. But, you know, it's... it's um, it's 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 not as terrible as we thought it was and the thing about a rebuilding team is expectations are so low that all you can ask for from trash (laughs) for this (laughs) trash situation is hope and um there's some young guys on the team that are giving us some real hope um particularly on the pitching staff as those stats um allude to Mackenzie gore who we got in the uh, Soto trade, Joshua, uh, Joshua Gray, who we got in the Scherzer, um, uh, Trey Turner trade. They're both doing phenomenally well. Really, really, really. Like, they've had a couple of games where they've kind of blown up. I mean, Joshua Gray, 
<laughs> the, the first two batters he faced in the season both homered. So that was a, an inauspicious <laughs> start. But he hasn't he hasn't been giving up a ton of home runs since. Um, and uh, CJ Abrams, uh, Luis Garcia. Uh, they he's are been improving. good. He you played can, well against us, can, Luis Garcia. You can see them improving day day by day, and that's. I mean, we're not expecting to win. We don't expect to win. I don't expect the Nationals to win any game. What I want is a sense that next season they'll be better, and the season after that they'll contend. And you know, we had a dreadful start, really dreadful start. We were on pace for 121 losses at one point. We're currently on pace for 95 losses. 95 losses is obviously a bad season. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But it's not but being under hundred. Yeah, being under a hundred would be a, a really, a really good start um, for us. One thing I just want to say, um, for, a start for the rebuild. One thing I just want to say is, in in doing, I did actually do some research for this episode. <laughs> a very unusual for me. <laughs> uh, um, in doing some uh, uh, research, I looked at the run differentials uh, for the Nationals, and I looked, you know, compared them to other teams. Miami is um, their currently win ratio is five hundred. They're second in the division, and they have a run differential of minus fifty-four. Only only seven teams in MLB are worse than that, and they're all down at the bottom of their division. So how the how the hell are the uh, are Miami uh, uh, at five hundred with a run differential of minus fifty-four? That doesn't make any sense to me at all and i'd love to see some of their games and matthew as you as you as we've recorded this episode we've been recording for so long they've lost a game and now it's negative 55 <laughs> <laughs> well i mean only losing only losing by one is, yeah. is actually a good you know that's good for them because they must they must be like winning games by one run and losing games by 15 yeah <laughs> i don't know i i don't know and and it's it, what's so interesting run differential is noisy right now it has to be because Every team in the, in the AL East is, has a run differential that's positive, the, but the Blue Jays have a plus one, and they're eighteen and fourteen. Uh, the 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 Twins are eighteen and fourteen. They have a plus twenty seven. It's like Tampa Bay's run differential is positive one hundred and fourteen. What? That's crazy. That is good for an entire crazy. season. That's good for an entire season. Yes. Yes. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> well, I, there's a lot to talk about. I I, I sincerely hope um, by the time this episode is live that the guardians and the nationals have both won another game and, and made all these stats. Every, all these stats we just re- recited will be incorrect, but hopefully not too incorrect. Um, this, this episode is longer than some of the games being played this season. <laughs> <laughs> There's no pitch clock on battery mates. You know, Matthew, it, it does make me think are both of our, you're the 29th in home runs we're 30th in home runs. We need some power. I'm willing. And I hope you are too to be an experiment. I would, I will take steroids to help my team. <laughs> Matthew, should we go to going on together? Let's go steroids <laughs> together to help our team. Um, and then, then all the rage we have, we can just chalk up to that. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If you've listened this long into the episode, <laughs> just heard us commit to taking steroids for our team. So I do. Do you know? Do you know? I one day, I one day hope that one of us runs for elected office, <laughs> just so some poor conservative sap has to sit through and listen to all of this shit. <laughs> There's somebody in Battery Maids Nation. We have several researchers who would do it voluntarily. I think they'd, they'd be happy to. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh yeah, no, we're yeah, definitely. Uh, we a lot, lot of fodder here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the worst thing wasn't even recorded today, so that's good. <laughs> well, my lesson, my my um my lesson, my um my 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 advice, my recommendation to any opposition uh, researcher listening to this, whenever it may be, in in a couple of years, in twenty years, um, is whatever you do. Shag those balls. You gotta shag those balls.